Welcome to the podcast, no, supported no, by Runshaw College. Luke. Luke Marsden joins us. What are you up to, Luke? Uh, well, I'll tell you exactly right now what I'm doing. I'm tell walking us. to the hairdressers. I'm about to enter it, and my hairdresser, big fan of her one, Jamie. Really? Yeah. What time's but, your uh, appointment? About five minutes ago. I'm about to step through the door, so I told you I didn't want to do this. I really? Go in and put her on. Uh, Go in. I, Go it's on. called Laurie Leanne and Co. in Wigan. I hope they give me a free haircut for that plug. I'm going to go in there now. Oh, hiya, hiya. Oh, sorry, just nearly. Sophie. Do to say hello to her and Hello? Sophie! Hi! Hey, how are you doing? I'm good, are you? Yeah, good. good. Say hello, Jamie. Sophie, uh, Luke wants you to shave his head. No, he's just having a skin head. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, what's it like cutting Luke's hair? Because uh, when you're a hairdresser, you, you want to make conversation with people, don't you? But but Luke, he like, if anything, you probably want a little sit down after he's been because he talks a bit too much. No, I like his gossip. Do you? What, uh, do you does he give you all like celebrity gossip? Um, he just tells me who he fancies. Um, <laughs> Who's he, he fancy? Likes Pixie Lot. Pixie Lot, yeah, yeah, he does like Pixie Lot. Um, what else did we talk about? Big Brother. Yeah, of God, he never shuts up about that bloody thing. Do you watch it, Sophie? Yeah, I've been watching the celebrity one, but I didn't watch the other one. Would you watch the celebrity one if you didn't cut Luke's hair? Yeah. Would you, you yeah. actually watch it, Oh, do really? You? Yeah. Wow, you're the person left watching it. <laughs> does 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 Luke ever slag me and Howell off, Sophie? No, never. Oh, isn't that no, nice? No, fair play. Oh, nice. he, he has mentioned the Christmas party and stuff, but I got really drunk, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he threw up in the girls' toilet, Sophie. Right, <laughs> 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 uh, mess. So, so um, <laughs> Sophie, um... Uh, that's that. I, I mean, that's it, really. I suppose um, we just wanted to find out any gossip on Luke. Is there anything else you can tell us about him? Um, Nat, have we got any more gossip on Luke? Um, still with his girlfriend, which is a bonus. Yeah, still with Oh yeah, still got his girlfriend. Yeah. Ah, now you th- have you ever met her? No, I've, I've, I've never met her. He's shown me pictures, though. So, yeah, Sophie, I've got something to tell you. No, this isn't his girlfriend. It's his carer. <laughs> no, no. This... not your girlfriend. It's your carer. He's, well, we've been playing along with it because apparently it's good for his sort of treatment yeah, it's mentally. Good. It's good for him. It's so... good for him. So just play along, but it's All this right. is just a lady that's helping okay. him out uh, with his general um, chores. All right. He's a bit special. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you tell, because you're a hairdresser, if Luke's going to go bald? He's, he's not receding, so that's good. What about the back bit? No, he's not got an egg in the nest either. Uh, an egg in the nest? Is that what you call it? I've got, a, I've got a couple of eggs in my nest, <laughs> Sophie. Oh, yeah. Sophie, will you tell Jamie? I mean, it, it's long gone. He's basically, he's got a comb over now. He's got a comb over. It's not, I've still got enough hair to class as a... Uh, no, no. A, it's comb over. It's comb over. One gust of wind. And he's, it's really getting him down psychologically. Do you see men come in who, who it, it really gets them down? And yeah. is, is there a way... Do, do you see a difference in them? When they finally face it and they just shave it off, is that the best way to go? I think so. Sophie, is there no, like, hair follicle stimulation treatments mm-hmm. that are uh, just bit coming through? Well, you could have a hair transplant. Mm, does it work? Do they, are they good? Yeah. How much do they cost? Do you do them? 
Well, as I do them, no. But I think they're like fast fashion plates. Oh, jeez. Well, will you do me a favour? Will you pick up all the, uh, you know, when you brush all the uh, leftover hair together at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah. Put it in a bin bag and just mail it to Rock FM for me. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even joking right now, but uh, yeah. I can send you Luke's if you want. Great, oh, no, I don't want Luke's. Tofi, do they? Yes, um, it's kind of um, it's hard to see anymore, but it's kind of light brown. Mine's so mine's yeah, it's quite thin though as well. Thin, it's like light a brown. wisp. It's like a wisp of cigar smoke. Sophie, um, what, do you see when men do finally shave it off? Do you do they feel better? Do they? Do you think it? Do you think when they finally face, okay, I'm bored. Yeah, yeah it's but no Sof- worse than it when they come and it over and spreading it out. Oh, man, that's what he's yeah, doing. But Sophie, I've got a weird shaped head. Why? What shape is it? It's just got lots of bumps on it, and it's very oval. Oh, is it? Have you seen a daffodil bulb? Yeah. You ever seen? Yeah, have you ever watched that film, Cornhead? Yeah, like it's, a, it's a bit like yeah. a, a, that, yeah. but like a rugby ball that's been like kicked around too much. Bloody hell! Yeah, it's, it's, a, me- it's a mess, Sophie. Bad, Soph. Bad. <laughs> well, um, all right. Well, right, well for to us. Is, is Luke getting his haircut now? Then. Yeah. Well, I need to get him washed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you need to hose him down. Can you wash Luke's hair, please. Yeah, we'll hold him down now. De louse him. Is what? De louse him. De louse him. Yeah, he's got okay. He's riddled. Riddled. Well, Luke said I've got to go. All right, let's have a quick word with him then, and then thank you, Sophie. Nice chatting. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Seriously, you want to pay me for content? That is ridiculous how long you've got to run. I've stole this entire podcast up. No, five minutes, Luke. I mean, just six minutes. anything. Right, listen, I've really got to go because I'm going to get a massage now. No, no, we want to hear it. We want What? You get a massage? Well, yeah, it's like it's all part of the service. Here right. Leo, Leo, Leanne and Cohen Wigan. Okay, <laughs> so just rest the phone on your chest, right? And we'll just listen as, we'll as, listen as, as it goes on. on. Yeah, all right. My glasses down. Hang on, can I just... Yeah, Put your glasses cheers. down. Once those glasses are down, he can't see anything. Oh, Honestly, even if with his glasses on. If my phone gets out, I'm seriously going to pay for it. Blind as a bat. <laughs> right, wash his hair. Talking to us or well, Sophie. So I'm getting, I'm getting no aid with you. Okay. <laughs> right, so I've got my, um, I've got my robe on. You've got your robe on. Yeah, so now I'm leaning back, but you're going to have to put it like that. Cheers. <laughs> right. We're on, sp- we're on speaker. Have you popped us on speakerphone, Luke? Yeah. Excellent. Hello, what ladies. Natalie? Natalie was actually on Come Dine with me. Really? Was she? How exciting. Is this like a reality TV star hairdresser or something? <laughs> Hi. Hi, Natalie. You were on Come Down With Me. Yeah, unfortunately. Did, did you make a fool of yourself? Big time. I came last. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make? What was the meal? I made leek and celery soup. Ooh, tasty. Lovely. <laughs> and then I made... Um, Roasted spiced lamb with Chantilly carrots uh, and French sautéed potatoes and strawberry eaten mess cheesecake. Oh, that actually sounds that really sounds good. Amazing. What went wrong? Everything went wrong. <laughs> 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 I couldn't get the lamb into the pot. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, you just watch it. It's funny. Do you cook normally? 
Yeah, I do actually. I'm usually good. I just don't know what went wrong. I just got drunk for the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I saw you actually. Or is it is it every episode where someone gets drunk while they're cooking? No, it was the Wigan one, the Wigan show. Yes, I'll, have to, I'll have to Google I'm that. Pretty sure I saw you. you know, was it white wine you were drinking? Yeah, and champagne. I remember. Oh, how are you seeing? Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. So, so I love roast lamb. It's fantastic. It's lovely. But you couldn't even fit it in the pot. No, I couldn't get it in. <laughs> I did, well, I, I did practice, but when it comes to the actual day, I just could I didn't, it was too big and the bone was sticking out at the end and I couldn't get it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, how, how long does it take to film those things? Do they do it three nights in a row? No, it's all week. All right. All week? You're joking? No, Monday to Friday. Oh, my goodness. So what do you have to do? Because you only go around to each other's house once, don't you? Well, you go to... uh, There's 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 like five of you, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. And and do you stay for the entire night at at the other person's house? You stay till like... No, they get a taxi back and they give a mark in the taxi, don't they? Yeah, I know, but do you stay till like... Do you stay from like six in the evening to the 11 at night? Well, no, you get picked up at... Three, half three. Ooh, half three. Taken, you get taken to the house. So obviously you don't know where you're going. So you get taken. They won't tell you where you're going. So then you get taken there. And then you're there filming all night. It takes hours and hours and hours. We're only getting in at like half three in the morning. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So no wonder you get tipsy. No, yeah, no wonder you were off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be absolutely legless if that was me. 12 hours in the company of those people as well. You get some weirdos on there, don't you, Daniel? But the best of it is, like when you come out of the house to do the scoring in the the, uh, black cab, obviously the wind hits you and then you're just flooded. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like you get drunk from the legs up. As soon as you stand up and step outside, Oh, God. And how annoying were the other people that, that were on with you? Oh, God, you must have seen it. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. You know, Jeff, there was, oh, he had a, he had a manly food list. <laughs> and and uh, anything that was on this list, you couldn't eat it because you was classed as not a man. So, like, starting from the list down, it was, like, couscous, salad, um, Courgette. So obviously, whenever you put a meal in front of him, it was like, right, I can't eat that, I can't eat this. Oh. I'm sorry, but I can't eat that. And he just, honestly, the whole of Wigan hated the fella. <laughs> I he actually complained to Channel 4, actually, because, like, <laughs> he was that annoyed. Really? No yeah. way. Oh, my God. Is, the, is Luke Marsden a bit jealous that you're, you've been on Channel 4 more recently than he has? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's very jealous. You better watch out because if you you because you've been on, he was even uh, more he was even more jealous that I was on HD and he wasn't. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> you've been on Channel Four, you might get offered to switch the uh, Christmas lights on in Wigan, and Luke's just been axed from that. Yeah, that would great. really hurt. Are we giving Luke a run for his money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know he says that, but what he's thinking is his brain is getting ready for like a battle, a competition. He will take you down in any way. He is ready to take you down. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's he having done now? What's happening? He's literally being washed. He has been washed. So you, the, you've the washed great... the entire body, have you? Um, no, it's just, it's, it's hurt. It's very big. It's, 
overgrown. Not all of me. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely being towel dried now. Oh, towel dry him. Oh, I love a towel dry. Oh, he's like a little squirrel because he lives on the street, doesn't he? He lives in trees and that. He's like a little squirrel that's been dragged in and we're cleaning him up and looking after him. Because they got more her than you two put together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke, we're going to leave you to it. I've got yeah. someone else to ring. Going to ring Fife Dangerfield. Oh, thanks. Listen, well, why don't you get her? Go for her routine in the Cornflakes. You mean Fife Dangerfield, the, the the man who sang She's Always a Woman to Me on that John Lewis Christmas advert a couple of years ago? <laughs> got to go. Her drive's coming on. See you then. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Ready for Fife? Why are you ringing Fife? Why not? I don't think he'll answer, and if he does, it'll be How weird. How much will you give me if he answers? No, I don't, nothing. How much? Fiver. No, I'm not going to give you anything. Your power hose for free. Oh. A lend. Power hose, yes or no? One hour. Yes. One hour alone with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, he's changed, hasn't he? Listen to this. He's moved on. Yeah, he's man, moved into like the urban scene. Some of my beats, you know. <laughs> like, I don't like the old stuff I did, you know. So I like become a bit more like relevant, you know. Yes. <laughs> like all that Billy Joel shit, you know. It's not real. <laughs> so I'm like, this is some of my new shit, man. <laughs> oh. Amazing. How are you, Fife? I like this. I, I, I'm just sitting here doing stuff, and I get your text. I mean, it's been a long. So, I mean, I don't even know. Is this still for the same thing? How long has it been? Well, let's, been a, let's uh, catch you up. Say, um, I was going to swear already then. I was going to say it's been, it's been a effing long time. But mm-hmm. I shouldn't swear, should I? No, because we have to go back and beep it out. It just makes effort Yeah, I just make us. everyone's life yeah. difficult. Okay, this is what's happened since we saw you last. We'll go first, yeah. then you can tell us. Um, we've, uh, Kerrang basically got closed, not closed, but the, the Birmingham base got closed and got moved to digital, and so we lost our Kerrang show then. Um, right. We're about to lose our weekend shows on the other stations because they're networking them. Um, we're still doing the breakfast show uh, on Rock FM for another year at least. Okay. And... Um, and I got married in Las Vegas oh, yeah. two Yay! months ago. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, thank you very much. And, um, and Jamie got married? Uh, next year, five. Really? He's fiancé. Um, I've got a fiancé and I will be marrying her in uh, Worcestershire. No, Warwickshire. Oh, in Worcestershire? Whereabouts? No, Warwickshire, sorry. Near Le- oh, okay. Leamington Spa. Oh, yes. Five's yes. from not far away from there. I'm from Worcestershire. Well, I'm from Birmingham, then Worcestershire. Right. So, uh, but, right. you know, Warwickshire is, is uh, you know, very much my, uh, you know... Lovely. My ground as well. Yeah. And what about you, Five? So it's oh, Well, I've got a fiancé as well. Yay! 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 Yeah, we've been engaged for two years. I don't know when we're actually going to get married. Oh, my wow. God. Is it two too years much money. since we spoke? It, really it must years? have been. Look at us now. Yeah. We, were, we, we were a bunch of batch, uh, horny bachelors back then. And, uh, <laughs> oh, it was, it was mayhem. It was, I mean, London wasn't safe for me. Oh, we were crazy. I mean, you know. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, so what's going on? What does she do? Who is she? What does, what's going on? Well, I don't on? like to talk too much about my private life. In, no, uh, no. <laughs> obviously not. But, uh, oh, she's great. She's, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah? Where yeah. did you meet? She, is she a musician? I met, no, no, she works in TV, but she... Um, she makes things uh, for fun, which which uh, she's got very obsessed with oh, um, over the last couple of years. Uh, and we met at a friend's party. Um, mm-hmm. I went. It was a fancy dress party. No way. And uh, I went 
my foolproof fancy dress tactic is to go as a man in a suit. Because yeah. then you've, you've made an effort. Yes. And you look yeah. all right, but you're not going to look like an idiot. I was scarred, basically, as a, as a kid. Um, well, I say a kid. I think I was about 15. Yeah. But uh, my friend, uh, it was in the summer holidays, and one of my friends, who's still one of my friends now, um, uh, was having a, a fancy dress party at his house. So I was told. Oh. So I spent, <laughs> I spent the afternoon with my mum in the garage concocting. Oh. I came as Fire Lord Yab. <laughs> um, a, a red Indian chief, and I, I had, a, I think, a bandana, a, a, a sort of broomstick, a kind of weird vest thing. I, uh, I think maybe weird tracksuit trousers and wellies, and some sort of paint on me. And I got there, and everyone was like, "Why are you dressed like that?" And it was like, "Ah!" So I've never quite got over that. So I, I'm, I'm I, oh. fancy dress parties are sort of, I don't know, they're not for me. Fire Lord Yab. The first cut is the deepest. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. That's true. But is Fire Lord Yab a real uh, person? Well, he was real in my head. How <laughs> old, you know, and that's, that's all that matters, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Are we going to start doing these again, then? Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, the thing is, I, I don't really... I'm not sure anyone knew who I was back then, but I think even less so now. I oh, mean, I, Yeah, I, but I, more so than anyone who knows who we are. I'm just a random person that you're calling up. But everyone knows who you are. You're the, the one... The guy who, from the John Lewis ad. You're Billy Joel from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how's music going? Are you doing? Are you still with the Guillemots? Is that going? What's yeah, happening? well, I mean, loads is happening. Uh, it, it's sort of been a kind of um, well. I, I mean, the, I can't answer this shortly, so I won't. I won't try and give you a very. I'll just try and uh, tell us the long answer if you want. No, podcast. we don't want that. No, I mean, yeah. it's just been. It's been a couple of years of um, kind of. Uh, Stepping back for me, really, from the music industry, yeah. and just uh, it's, you know, it's, it kind of happened naturally. It basically in Guillemots, we started. Uh, we started. We had this idea to make four records in a year out in Norway. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, it was good. Which, Very good. Which was a good idea, and, and I mean, it would have. Um, it could easily have happened, but we'd got the first one out, and the second one sort of became this sort of portal into another world for me. It kind of was like, actually, this could be the music I've wanted to make all my life and this could be incredible and it gradually became clear over a few months that I actually didn't want to just slap it out as part of the plan and I wanted to live with it and um, so that kind of like started all this off and then with the band stuff we kind of got to the end of the year but then you know we've been doing gigs but then we ran out of money again and which just happened a lot and mm. so since then it's kind of um I mean, the band still exists very much, but, you know, it's not really a kind of active... Like, as a guitarist left, yeah. he, he's got his own thing going on, and he he wanted to go off and do that. Right. Um, the rest of us are still really, you know, great friends and working on stuff, but it's much more just a world of music, and it's like I'm not really seeing it as, you know... It's not Guillemot and other stuff on the side anymore. It's just all stuff and magic mm. and excitement. And it's really, I don't know, I think it's crazy because I think the, the music business, it's like any business, you know, it's a business and that's fine. But I think it is interesting because I think that when you get into, um, you know, normally when you get into it, well, maybe not for everyone because I, I feel like more than ever, quite a few people maybe see getting into music almost as a career opportunity now because it's become such a massive Business. accepted sort of thing, you know, yeah, it's such yeah. a part of it, like everyone's reference points that it's almost like, yeah, I think I'll be a an, a producer or whatever, or you know, where yeah. I guess 30, 40 years ago, it was like you were a bit of an outcast if you 
wanted to make a living out of music. But um, mm. I just, you know, like I, I just think for me the reason I got into it was it was this magical thing that I just loved and it, and it made me feel like a kid. And I think um, when you get into when it becomes the thing that you earn your living out of, I mean, it's wonderful because you're doing what you love. But what can end up happening is the thing you love ends up, you know, everyone around you has opinions and wants things from you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you have to sort of, uh, you either just accept that and are like, okay, well, you know, it's not going to have the same magic it used to from you. Or you have to kind of confront that and deal with it. And Sounds a lot like of, working uh, in Radio 5, actually. When I, think, right. I think it's also when you get to our age, because uh, we're all probably now early 30s. Are you early yeah. 30s? Or, um, yeah, yeah. And you, you get to that point in life where uh, you realise as well that the what the important things are in life and we've all got we're all now partnered up and we are clearly all going okay so where is the line between uh, paying the mortgage and doing that thing that you love because yeah um, because after you've made so much it's they call it air miles in radio but um you know the number of hours of radio that we must have made in in what 10 years or something now mm. is colossal and you do begin to go where's the pleasure, where are the ideas, where's where's all this stuff? And all of those things are still there, but there are so many people interested in what you're doing that, um, yeah, you've really got to, that, walking that line, I can, well, can totally be... see how, given the choice, you would walk away from it. Yeah, well, I mean, because I think it's a lot to do with that thing of knowing who you are, and I think that can get lost sometimes when there's certain demands on you and certain, like, I'm not having a... Mm bits about the music industry like I was treated well like I had amazing things happen because of it and mm. I it's not like I'm never gonna be work, work in the music industry but like I think what I'm sort of it was funny because for so many like I know when I started the band and we did our first record I had this sense of I'm gonna do something incredible and like you know um I was so excited and no one could really when we were doing our first album I was just sort of on it you know I mean to the you know even in terms of the rest of the band, like I sort of, I didn't really think too much about is everyone happy with this? I just, I knew what I wanted to do kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and it was, and it felt brilliant. But then, you know, over the next few years, like it became, you know, totally understandably, you know, in, in the band, for example, everyone, you know, is, wants to have input and, and they should do, but, you know, because it's a band, but, and the, you know, the, it can happen so easily, you know, like the, there's a the classic dangling carrot with radio, for example, that you kind of get as like, a, mm. you have a track and it's like, well, it's not going to get, at the moment, I don't think it's going to get played in the radio, but if you just do this to it and do that, and it might, and you're like, well, yeah, I suppose it's better people hear it in a slightly different form than not at all. But you, you follow that road and, and you, you end up, you might as well just have someone emailing you going, okay, this week I want you to write a song that sounds like this. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have to just kind of go. And I'm so glad I've sort of realised that because the past couple of years it's just been sort of stepping back, mm. exploring, writing, and starting so many projects. There's so many things on the go now, and I, I'm sort of, uh, I've just been, I've just kind of started. Like I've treated September like a new school year, and I've just, I've been getting up at eight o'clock every day, and sort of, uh, I, I'm treating it like I'm getting my own magic factory together, and right. sort of, I'm starting to. Like, it, it, by no means do I sort of feel like, uh, well, that was the time in the music business, but now I'm going to, like, I, I've i always felt like, I always felt like before I've not even scratched the surface yeah. of what I can do. And the brilliant thing is now that I feel 
I, I mean, I really am. And also the, the incredible thing about this sort of digital world we live in now is that it facilitates so many things. I mean, there's, there's very bad and very good things about it. But mm. one of the best things is, for example, that you can release anything you want into the world without having to get someone's approval because it doesn't cost money anymore to put something up online. Yeah. If you wanted something to be heard before in music, you'd have to pay for like, you know, CDs to be distributed and post them out to people and sort of, you don't have to do that. You can do something and stick it online. And Well, that's why we you know, love uh, podcasts as well. And Yeah, exactly. I, and I mean, it really it, rings true what you're saying. That <clears throat> I think in most forms of entertainment, there is uh, successful because it's popular and then there's successful that's considered artistically successful. And um, the popular artistically successful... Uh, when you work in the business of entertainment, people constantly try and work out what the formula is to achieve well, that. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes that works, you know, like, I'm well, not, sometimes like, a it does, but, but the Motown best Motown is stuff, a great example. Motown, uh, I was just thinking you know, of Motown, but Motown... Like that was completely sort of cynically made, but it was beautiful music, and, yeah. you know, it, it can be done. But, I just but think it came you get naturally older. to the people who did it, that's the thing well, about, did, about the great think... stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think as you get older, you you hopefully get more of a sense of what you're good at, and I I know that what I'm I am at my best creatively when I'm like a kid and I'm just playing and I'm having fun. That's right. when all, all the special yes. stuff comes out, and I, I've sort of realised that. So what I'm trying to do now is just build up a kind of a whole system <laughs> around me where I well. can facilitate that. You know, I obviously need to make money. I mean, yeah, I, I'm yeah. not. You know, like, I'm, I'm just surviving on odd, not odd jobs like, you know, brickwork, but, but, but like odd musical jobs at the moment and in the yeah. odd bit of royalties here and there. But like, I, yeah. you know, I, I, so I definitely I need to do something to earn money. But like, you yeah. know, I, I, I just don't ever want a need for money to ever have anything to do with the stuff that I put my name to. So when, I, the, you know, when the band money dries up, is that your personal money as well? Or do you have that? Is that completely separate? Did you have like a, a group account kind of thing? Yeah, we have a group account. I mean, I won't get into all the... But yeah, I mean, I, I always yeah. split everything equally with the, with the band. band, no matter yeah. who had written it, you know. But like, yeah. I mean, but yeah, like the, that's all... We don't want to get into that. That's very boring. But yeah, no, it's all... Um, well, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, it's but... basically, yeah, it's really, it's really, really exciting. And the amazing thing about the internet, like, you know, you can... You can contact... I mean, like, you know, you can see a video on YouTube of some random thing and you can think, oh, I can imagine doing something with this and having some music behind it. And you can email the person on YouTube and say, is this all right if I use this? And then, and, like, it's this... Yeah. Just vast vast sort of network and you know like i say there's bad sides to that as well but you have to sort of that's great I, I, great I i just feel i just feel like like that is the revolution yeah. of yeah, that we're living through and and you can't just kind of go well no i just prefer it's like all, all this talk about the album at the moment it kind of baffles me a bit because it's like there's people are getting so hit up because george egatudis at radio one was like the album is is a dying format as a commercial thing, and there's all these people sort of, how dare you say that? What I still listen. To. It's like, it, he, I think he's right. Like the album's great, and and like uh, albums will always be made, but it's not, it's not how people consume music anymore. It's it, you know, it's a yeah. different time, and the internet has completely smashed everything open. You, yeah. you can do anything you want. You can release twelve hours straight of yourself playing the bassoon. 
in a video <laughs> next to next to a Morris dancer and a leopard. You know, if that's what you want to do, you yeah. can you can do anything. And to still yeah. think as a musician, I make singles and I make albums. It, it, it's stupid. Yeah, like, it well, it's stupid. not stupid, but I mean, it, it's just no, like, it's, it's just very small-minded. And no, no, but I don't listen to music like that anymore. Who does? I mean, I still listen to albums. I, I, I will still sit down and you know, I will still sit down and put on an album and listen to it and it's great yeah. uh, it's not that I don't intend to make any albums anymore but I just, there's so much I intend to do and I just think so you, you, have to, you have to get with it you know? yeah. or, or, yeah, or you're an old man in the corner of the pub grumbling you know and it's like yeah. sort of uh, yes indeed yeah. yes indeed anyway sorry that, that's, that's my very uh, no, no, earnest no, no, rant about stuff it's very true well I want to I want to uh, talk about one song right as an example because when you're saying it's about having fun okay yeah for me it was about i've my brother's always been a good songwriter compared to me and i think part of it is because he doesn't overanalyze i overanalyze things and right. think about it too much so he writes good songs because he's not afraid of what he sounds like i would yeah, write something yeah. and i'd immediately start going oh that sounds too and you start wor- it's not worrying about fashion but you go oh, it sounds too 80s it sounds sounds too whatever yeah. well you see we all have that in us yeah. but you just you're right that that is the it's, it's trying the biggest to enemy that. it's the it's the biggest enemy of, of being free and and like, because being free implies also being free implies being as great being going as frank zapper as you can but it's not just that it's being free to not worry about how it sounds absolutely do yeah. what you want don't be embarrassed yeah, yeah. either so a song like my favorite one of your songs uh still ever is sao paulo Right. right. So that song, right? Where does that sit in terms of? Because that is a twelve-minute song or something, isn't it? Twelve or is, it's something long, like that. Like eight know, minutes yeah. or something. That's a long song. So that was on an album that was put out commercially. Yeah. Tell me about that song. How free is that song, and how much interference would have been had? There in... was no interference. I think the only the only thing I remember there being interference on that record was the guy who signed us with Annie Let's Not Wait, because, which was one of the songs. Mm. And no one's going to... We should explain, this is the Guillemot Swift album Through the Window Pane, and no one's going to know. It's an amazing uh, song. Get it. Through the Window Pane. Either buy about. the album and sit and listen to it while you say do the ironing, or buy the want. song Sao Paulo, because it's amazing. The Guillemot Swift Sao Paulo. It's, it really is bloody amazing. And I want to know well, how you, that Al. song... Was it... Was no, it, it came what about, was it? Because you know, there was no, yeah, it was. It came out of um, that was one that came out of band, because we're improvising. We, we we would meet up and just play for hours in a rehearsal room and record everything on like a little mini disc player with a little microphone, mm. which we've got hours. Of, like at some point, I'm going to put all this stuff out as a kind of archive because there's just literally hundreds of hours of all this crazy. Nice. Yeah, you know, and but that would be how some songs would end up coming out, and that was one. Because most of the songs on the records were ones I'd already written, yeah. but one or two bits were, were like that, and that was—I uh, mean, I can't remember in too much detail, but it was—it was two. From what I remember, it was two separate ideas that joined together. The first, kind of, the first half and the second half were, were two separate sessions. The yeah. first one was the one that I remember we were calling like the Sting song because it was like. But that's you know, a good but, um, that's what it made me think of it, you see, because that chord progression, that sometimes I could cry for miles, is amazing. It's amazing. And or, or I as wouldn't my, as my, as, 
My fiance said sometimes I could cry for Niles because <laughs> he, he's her favourite character in Frasier. Uh, <laughs> I could, yeah. He, I mean, he's everyone's. Uh, but 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 surely, you know that that's something that that even just that chord progression, I might not have pursued personally because I would think it does sound right, like right. an old uh, like a Sting's progression. But the thing is, yeah, right, it's amazing. I mean, I, you're right in what you say, like, uh, and and I think that's something that is lacking a little bit in today. I think that I think that probably each generation over the last few decades has become gradually more self-conscious and I think especially with social media now I think people are very self-conscious and and very I mean I saw an interview with Charlie Charlie XCX recently and she put it really well she kind of said that it's sort of like everyone has their own personal PR machine going now and and, it, and it's true like you, you can Sculpt the way that you come across to the world. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, unless totally. you actually have to meet someone face to face, you know, Twitter you can, is on, that. online. That's, that's you can what really, Twitter is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can turn yourself. And I'm not, you know, I, I like the Twitter. Like, I, I'm not on it all the time, but it's, you know, it's, it's cool. But like, it, it can really take over like that. And I think, but I think you're right. I, I was thinking about that sort of. I, it's one of the things I thought about over the last year that I think when you hear a lot of old singers and old, there was there was such a they didn't they couldn't care less you know like exactly. it was just doing your thing and being just not being afraid to look like an idiot basically well it's because, maturity as well I think, isn't I think it the, great, the greatest stuff does walk on that knife edge between being brilliant and being Cheesy. laughable yeah, yeah, and if you're yeah. afraid of being laughed at or, or not even laughed at but if you're afraid of being criticised and I think that's where the thing I was talking about earlier on comes into play because, you know, unless you've got a sort of wall of steel around you, you know, people don't like being criticised and you kind of have to get to a point where you're okay with it because if you really believe in something you're doing enough, it doesn't matter if anyone criticises it because you know that <laughs> there's no logic to it. There's no logic to writing a song or something. It, it, all it is is what you feel like doing. There's never any rules. And, yeah, and yeah. So, well, that's something we've found as well, that you're singing our tune now. A look at Kate Bush. I mean, um, yeah. she's like crazy. And, yeah, and, uh, she, and it's a famous story, but what was brilliant about her as a 17-year-old or whatever is that she insisted that Wuthering Heights was the first single. You know, I mean, that was very ballsy. Yeah. And, and thank God, you know. <laughs> mm. But, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I have to say, like, no, I, there was no interference. Like, in that track you were talking about, I mean... Mm. If anything, I think we, we were treated. I'm always the guy that signed us, Colin Barlow. Like I'm always very, very grateful for him purely just because I was bold enough when we were getting signed to, to ask everyone that was trying to sign us. I, I want to have an orchestra on our first record and write a part for it. And he didn't ask to like hear demos or see examples of what I'd written. He was just like, sure. <laughs> you know? wow. and, like that was one of the. You know, that will always be one of the best days of my life, the day we recorded the orchestral stuff on that album. And, oh. and I got to sort of have a full-size orchestra playing these crazy parts I'd written. Wow. And like Did that, you play them was... together? Were you in the, for Sao Paulo, were you in the room? No, for Little, for little Bear, the first track in the album, that was live. Everything oh, nice. else was track, tracked on. There's a great yeah, video was, on... Um... The, and did it live. That was amazing. There's yeah. an amazing video on YouTube you should watch, which is um, Seager Ross at, at Abbey Road, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, recording this track that they did at Abbey Road with um, with the live orchestra, and and it's a it's a fourteen minute 
epic. And just this moment when the when the orchestra actually stop and he carries on singing, you really get right. the feeling right. of the sense, the overwhelming specialness of the moment for him. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sao Paulo, everyone should get it. It's amazing. And I'm taking it because you've put them together, uh, because that was a mismatch of, of different stuff. I take it you wrote the words afterwards for that one. Then. No, no. I mean, the words, from what I remember, the words just sort of came out as we were playing it. Like, that's the thing I, I, I find with words that generally, I find it really hard to write words when I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah. I, I still haven't cracked that one. But right. when, you, when you just put yourself in a place where stuff's happening, it's amazing what comes out of your subconscious. Like, I'm not really interested in what my consciousness has to, yeah. what my conscious self has to say. But you have work. done that. Like your singles have been more. You must have done that with uh, some of some of your songs. That... I don't think so. They all. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Trains to Brazil a bit. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that one. But that was one of the very few times I've written a song, and actually, I think maybe the words came first. I think I actually sort of thought, thought about it. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and write something. Yeah. Imagining someone who had lost someone in a terrorist attack, and like, I mean that was that was the. But I've hardly ever done that. Yeah. And when when I try normally, it's dreadful. You know, but, you're, um, uh, but Sao Paulo is just a load of just a, it's just nonsense that was came in. Yeah, out of mouth, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's about, but it's. I mean, that's the lovely thing that I, I do. I sound like a hippie, but I really am a great believer in, you know, energy and all these things, and kind of, you know, and and and. Yeah, you're hippie. Sometimes you'll write something, and six years later, you'll get it, or or even six years later, something will happen, and it will be like. Yeah. That's sort of what I was. That sound that feels like what I was thinking about then. I don't know. It's, it's, well, it's one of my ambitions. Make a film out of that song. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> or an animation, anyway. Um, Fife, we've got to go. Um, what a pleasure, as usual. What a random pleasure. Yeah, never, I know, uh, never, know. never small talk. Is it? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's no time for small talk in this world, you know. Um, but um, are you watching any good box sets at the moment? What's your favourite box set? Um, well, I haven't got any box sets because I'm, I'm generally watching things through like Netflix, Netflix. or whatever. But I've been watching. Um, there's a program called Lilyhammer. Yes, which is, it's brilliant. Because oh, yeah. it means, obviously, to me. Well, I mean, we haven't spoken in a long time, but I've been out in Norway loads over the past couple of years. Yeah, and it's beautiful place. It is very much exactly like that look. So it's sort of there's all these mm. kind of references in there that. I kind of get. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, that's. And uh, that's have you started? Um, and I take it you've done House of Cards. If you've done that, I haven't done House of Cards. No. <gasps> what about no. Bates Motel? No. Right. Those are your next two. Once you've nailed Lilyhammer, okay. Right. Okay. Amazing. Both on Netflix. Amazing. What's House of Cards about? Uh, that's Kevin Spacey as a politician. It's like a an evil. It's like a Shakespearean. Um, West Wing, if you like, it's like a, okay, it's like right. Richard the Third meets West Wing. It's amazing. Right, right. Yeah, that sounds good. Really That's, good. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I will. Uh, I will get onto that. We'll get you back on five. Uh, pleasure talking. Uh, yeah, take care. Congratulations yeah. on the fiance. Yeah, <laughs> and you too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speak soon. All right. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you, bye. 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 There you go. There Five Dangerfield. I owe you an hour alone with my power hose. Yes, you do. That's the first thing you've said since we got through to five. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, uh, he was, you know, in his own zone, wasn't he? He but does go off into his own zone. Lovely to hear him. Interesting thoughts, as ever, though. Interesting uh, guy. Thank you again to Runshaw College, a phenomenal college in 2014. Um, go and check him out, runshaw.ac.uk. Have a great week. See you next week.